Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another exciting Minecraft discussion. My name is Kimberly Quinn, and I am here with Ed Cafferty on the beautiful Champlain College campus for another uh, Champlain College signature series, and we are talking with Champlain's finest minds here. To begin, is it okay if I call you Ed? Absolutely. Call me Ed. Okay, so Ed is here with us today to discuss with us the power of the mind and, and, and sort of pertaining to his background in the martial arts. You want to tell us about that, Ed? Well, thank you. I would very much. I've studied martial arts for about 33 years in uh, various styles from Taekwondo, Jiu-Jitsu, Chinai, and uh, White Crane. Um, and, you know, I have a pretty good understanding of the martial arts at this point in my life. And one of the parts of the, the martial arts has to do with the mind and mind control. The other two parts, part one, has to do with style and techniques. There are over 200 different martial arts styles. The second part has to do with physical fitness. If you were training in martial arts, you would spend a fair amount of time, you know, you know, training in, in, in fitness activities from everything from, you know, strength to stamina. But what people don't often realize is that the, one of the most important parts of the martial arts has to do with mind control. And the mind plays a very key role in how uh, we apply martial arts. So let me stop by saying that for those of you who are familiar with, you know, for mindfulness, you know, it has to do with focus and calmness is often the words that are expressed. And when you're in a conflict with, you know, in any kind of conflict, whether it be with an individual or an event, controlling your mind, staying calm and staying focused are extraordinarily important. And it is very difficult for some people to do that. But with martial arts, part of the training is that you want to do that. And I'm going to first stop by telling you a story. When I tested for my black belt many years ago, I was in a room with 40 other people. And part of the test was that I had to hit a concrete block with my hand. And the object being to break the concrete block and not my hand. So I was standing there in front of a bunch of people and I was nervous that I wasn't going to be able to do it. I was nervous that my hand was going to break and I was going to be embarrassed, but no, I was there. So I was going to try. So I hit the concrete block with my hand and my hand bounced off of it and it didn't break. So I was standing there, literally staring at the wall, you know, and all of a sudden my mind cleared, absolutely cleared and became extremely focused. And with one movement, I hit the block and it shattered into many pieces wow. and my hand did not bother me. Wow. So that was my first experience really and seeing the importance of the mind in, the, in terms of what you do in terms of martial arts. 
And I had other experiences, many, many other experiences over the course of the, these, these many years. Another ex a perfect example is I was standing in an arena, you know, and another martial artist decided to attack me suddenly. And he came across the room, threw a flying sidekick at me, and I automatically stepped out of the way and turned in his direction. I didn't think about it. I just did it. That's an important element in terms of martial arts. You practice various techniques over and over and over again, and you get to the point where your subconscious takes over given the circumstances. Another example is when you go into the arena and you're, and you're fighting with someone, and I did, I've done this on the national stage as well as in, on the state level. Somebody throws a punch at you, you don't have time to think about it. You can't say, well, I better block that. Your subconscious takes over and does it for you. Now, we all do that. Not necessarily because you've been trained in the martial arts or anything else, but because you're, in your normal daily life, that type of, of event occurs. When you're driving your car to, to work, you probably make a hundred adjustments, both in terms of your speed and the direction that your car is turning and everything else. You don't think about it. Unless there's something, oh, well, I have to do, I do have to go to the post office today. So I, you may then, you know, supersede your mind and then turn and go into the post office. But generally speaking, there are all kinds of activities that you do without thought. And that's critical for the martial arts because when somebody is throwing a punch or a kick at you, it comes in less than a second. And you don't have time to say, whoa, I better block that or I better step out of the way. Your mind automatically does it. <clears throat> and that is a critical aspect of learning and the mind in martial arts. That ab the ability of the mind to take over. Now I'll tell you another story. I was driving from Richmond, Vermont, over to Jericho, Vermont. And it was a two-lane road, you know, cars going both ways on it. And it wasn't very busy. And I'm driving along, and there's a car coming from the other direction. And at the last minute, the car swerved into my lane and came at me head on. And my mind took over and dramatically turned the wheel and I was able to drive, you know, you know, get off the road and the car missed me completely. But if I had thought about it, if I th thought, well, I, or became fearful or became frozen because of what appeared to be an active attempt to crash into my car, I wouldn't be here today. You know, so the mind has that capacity to do those things there are things that make it more difficult for the mind to do those things. For example, your emotions. You might be, you might have emotions of fear. You might have emotions of anger. You might have emotions of, you know, confusion. Um, and what happens when you have these emotions, it tends to 
slow down your body's reaction time. And it makes it more difficult for your body to react. So, for example, if you're in a situation where somebody is attacking you or being aggressive you know, towards you and you're fearful, confused or whatever else, your emotions are taking away your ability to react. It takes away your focus. It takes away your calmness. And therefore, it's a critical thing to be able to, uh, to control your emotions. And that is difficult for some people, you know, to do. You know, sometimes you're surprised and you don't have a, you know, well, I better, better do something about what's going on. But people normally, that's how they react. But if you are in a situation where you have trained your mind through, you know, various types of meditation, you can control for that. You can control for it to a degree that you are able to, you know, you know, take charge, make the appropriate, you know, take the appropriate steps and be successful. If you are scared or you are confused or angry, this steals your mind. It takes away your ability to, 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 re, to deal with situations. I'll give you another example. I was driving along on Route 89 near, near where the, uh, uh, the elephants, uh, not the, the uh, whale's tails are. And I came upon a car flipped over, burning. And I got out of the car and there were other people already there, but they were standing back. You know, they were in shock, surprise, fearful. Well, I went right over to the car and there was a man in the car, badly injured. You know, so I began to talk to him and try to determine, you know, you know what his risks were. I called the, the fire department. I called the police. Nobody had done that. And I was able to do it with a calm and focused mind. But those other folks were confused and fearful. So sometimes, you know, have, being able to have that bring about that, um, you know, meditative moment can have, you know, very important, you know, positive, positive effects. So that, that's one aspect of it. The other aspect has to do with, you know, with your, with your senses. You know, we all have, they talk about five senses. Some people talk about eight or nine senses or whatever. But, you know, your ability to, to see, your ability to talk, your ability to hear um, in other senses are affected in a negative way if you are anxious, if you are fearful, if you are mad or angry. All those are affected by you know, the, the fact that, uh, that you have these emotions going on. So if you're in a situation where you have to be, you know, you know, really focused and calm, you have to deal with the fact that, you know, you can't have these emotions, you know, getting in the way. Even such things as your vision can be affected by your emotions you know, in terms of what you see, also in terms of what you hear. 
there are people who will get very upset and their hearing is almost like it's shut down. They can't, they can't even understand what somebody is saying or what the, what the particular, you know, noise is. So being able to be in the, you know, mindfulness to meditate, to be able to control your emotions, affect your senses, play a very important role in that regard. Now I'm going to tell you one more story, and then and I'll move on to, uh, you know, to towards towards the end. Um, many years ago, I was working for the state, and I was at the Coast Guard station with a bunch of other people in a class. And you know what happened that day was there was a huge storm come in, and it was a huge storm that was you know just raining and the wind was howling and it was really tough, and the Coast Guard was out on a rescue. So they were already busy. And they came in to us and said, we have a call for two people in danger up the lake. They needed to, somebody needed to go up and, and help them. So I and three others got on the state boat and we headed out. I was at the wheel and we came out of the, out of the, uh, you know, the, into the main part of the lake. And Normally, a three-foot wave would be enough to keep anybody off the lake. These were running five, six, or seven-foot waves. Unbelievable waves. And we ro I rode that boat up those waves, and then I took it down, and then the next wave broke over the boat. So we were almost underwater for a, for a second, and then we would go up the next. And it was even the visibility was so bad. I had to use compass to determine, you know, determine the direction because I needed to go up to Mallet's Bay. Well, my mind was totally focused. I had no fears, no thoughts of those things. I was totally focused on what I had to do, not in terms of minutes, but seconds. Because if I didn't ride the waves right the right way, it would flip the boat over. You know, so it was that kind of thing. And... Uh, we took that boat up the, up the lake in this an unbelievable storm, and we got up there, and as we were just about to enter into Mallet's Bay, we got a call that a marina had rescued the two people who had been, you know, out there on, in the bay. So I turned the boat around and brought it back. But it was a life risk, bit, you know, activity, and I wasn't fearful. I wasn't thinking about tomorrow. I wasn't thinking about yesterday. I wasn't thinking about it, you know, you know, any of those types of thought. I was totally focused on the second that was going on at that moment. And that is kind of an ultimate experience in terms of mindfulness. Uh, just say one more, one more thing, and then uh, and then I'll and I'll wrap it up. And you know, people often. Um, you know, you know, get into situations where they 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 in conflict with somebody, and the conflict could lead to fighting. And my opinion is, after many years of of martial arts, is you want to avoid situations like that. And if you can't avoid it, then you want to escape from those types of situations. But only in the last resort do you want to get into a fight with somebody. You know, in, in that regard. And so, and the other thing I would say is, you know, if you have to, 
you know, be in a fight. You want to fight like a tiger, fight like a tiger. And uh, I use that phrase is that there is a there is a story that you can find on the internet, an actual um, musical song with regards to fight like a tiger. But it's to do that, you want to have a clear mind. You want to be able to know exactly what's going on around you. And you and again, I can only repeat, you want to escape or avoid. That's your best choice. And after 33 years, I have not had to use my physical abilities as a fighter ever, never once. But the mind, the power of the mind, the martial art mind, I've used who knows a hundred times. Wow, Ed, I, I love the martial arts stories. And as you know, I'm a huge fan of the mind and retraining the brain, which is what mm -hmm. you're talking about, right? Retraining the brain because we can harness that power just like a jockey sits on a huge, powerful horse mm -hmm. and steer it mm -hmm. ourselves. And mm -hmm. so, and I were just talking kind of off the, off the map here about people, self-regulation is a big mm -hmm. topic right now because people are really having a hard time mm -hmm. managing anxiety and depressive and intrusive thoughts and mm -hmm. anger and fear and all that. And also we, we were also talking about reacting like knee jerky versus responding. So how do you think, how do you think this ties into your mindfulness theme with the martial arts? A couple of things. First off, you're absolutely right. People are, you know, their minds are going a mile a minute. They're thinking about what happened yesterday. They're thinking about what's going on later in their lives or what stresses they may have. They may be, uh, you know, you know, short fused because they have, you know, been in such stressful situations. This is a reality. This is how people are. However, if you go at life in a little different manner, if you practice, you can practice meditation in a number of different ways. You know, you can start very small by focusing in on an object or a thing and uh, and just try to do it as long as you can and hold that vision, that, that thing that you're looking at. For example, in my office, I have some flowers. I'll often take a break from working on, you know, my curriculum and I'll just sit there and study those flowers, those geraniums. I'll study those leaves in terms of very carefully how they are. Another form of of, of meditation that occurs, frankly, with martial arts is moving meditation. You know, in terms of training in the martial arts, it is, it's often you'll see that they do what's called patterns. You know, it's, it's movements, it's steps, it's moving the arms a certain way, it's looking in a certain way. You watch martial arts on, on TV and you'll see people doing all kinds of fancy, you know, you know, steps and whatnot. That's meditation. Oh, I just really love all this. And as you know, I'm a big fan of harnessing the power of the mind. And, mm -hmm. and now we're talking off the grid about um, how the brain loves patterns and repetition. So mm -hmm. that can work for the, in the positive sense with all mm -hmm. the stories that, and, and also negatively. So and he was saying that, you know, 
people can learn fear if you're allowing those thoughts they then become a pattern and part of the emotional structure and lead to so tell let's see if we can help our listeners with some like beginners ways to to change that around absolutely you know there's there's two types of meditation one is static or one place type meditation where you might be sitting at your desk or sitting at your kitchen table or in some you know some location and your mind is running away with you you're worried about something and it's got you know there's all this you know uh, pressure that you're under but you want to stop and try to stop take some deep breaths you know and focus on one thing an object and study it. I personally like to study flowers, but it could be a spot on the wall. Just focus it and stare at it as hard as you can and try to under, you know, think about it and nothing else. Even if you do that for a short period of time, you have experienced a meditation. And the longer you can do it, the better. The other form of meditation is moving meditation. In martial arts, we do these exercises where we go through various movements and we do it over and over and over again. And you're focusing on doing the movements a certain way so that, that, that you're doing it correctly. But in a sense, that is a form of meditation. If you go and ride your bike or take a walk down you know, a, you know, a, a path and all you want to do is just focus on what the event, where you are. Not about what happened yesterday, not about what what's going to happen tomorrow or later on. <clears throat> Clear your mind of all those things. Think of something that is particularly pleasant for you. Now, my, <clears throat> my particular pleasant thought is always the same. And I have experienced many years ago meditating on the beach believe it or not, in Fort Lauderdale and sitting by the ocean and staring out at the ocean. And there was no other thoughts in my mind. And I just, it's, and it, I felt so, so uplifted, so, you know, positive after doing it. And now I will think about that, that particular site, and it will bring back those same memories for me. Really, I really like what you're saying, and as you know, I'm a big fan of mindfulness myself. And I think some people get confused with there's sort of a stigma with meditation that you have to sit still in a cave like a Zen monkey eating yogurt or something, and mm -hmm. you gotta and you have to carve time out every day. And John Kabat Zinn himself would say, mindful, Mindfulness is not about about doing, it's about being. So, like you're saying, with the walk or the hiker, mm -hmm. you can be just being in the present do you can be washing the dishes mm -hmm. right so so maybe for the so for the folks who are kind of new to this idea of harnessing mm -hmm. the mind and mindfulness what might you say to them to wrap it up there are a couple of things actually one of my moments was years ago being on a beach down in florida and looking out at the ocean and hearing the waves and being totally focused on just looking out at the sea, at the ocean. There was nobody around. It was quiet other than the noise of the ocean. And it was a meditative moment. And I held that meditative moment today. 
In other words, there are some times when I don't have, you know, anything else. I might just dream, kind of bring back mm -hmm. that moment, bring back that, that, that visual thing. And it overcomes all the other things which may be negative that, that are hanging out. That's one kind of thing. Another is being just sitting, having a, an object that's pleasant to you, you know, that you, that you put in, a, in, a, in, in an area where you can see it and you just stare at it. You may want to study it, you know, think about, you know, what the details of it are, you know, just what it's all about. You know, it, it doesn't have to be elaborate. It could be anything from a flower to a spot on the wall. But just put everything else out of your mind and focus in on that. And again, you start by doing it for a few, you know, a few seconds maybe, maybe for, for a minute or two, and you expand from there. And the third option is what I refer, we refer to as moving meditation. You can be walking down a path and you can be, you know, just studying, you know, the, 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 the vegetation or in thinking about some, you know, some object further down the, the path that your direction that you're heading. That's a, that is a form of moving meditation. You can do it on a bicycle, you know, and just other and other and other things. But the idea is that you don't have to be in one spot to do it. You can be doing it in motion. This in the and the other thing that's important is you don't. It doesn't have to happen for ten minutes to start with. It doesn't have to happen for fifteen minutes or whatever. It can happen for try for a minute, just a minute. Just focus on something for a minute, and then if you if you need to stop, and then try it again at another time. Well, I really, I liked, I liked Ed, how you brought in for our listeners who are just starting out with this, that, you know, they might get overwhelmed with, oh no, I'm going to do a half hour. And you can just do it for a minute or 30 seconds. If you're walking from here to that stop sign, which actually I do sometimes when we from camp from, uh, to campus, you can't really do it wrong. And that said, becoming the boss of your brain is the foundation for Minecraft. And you and I both know anything that we would like to improve, we need to practice. That's just how it is. Right, to go to get to get better at it. So, mm -hmm. little bits at a time, and we will learn to calm the mind. So, Ed, I cannot thank you enough for being with us here today. Well, thank you, Kim. I've enjoyed talking with you about this. Okay, so this is Kimberly Quinn and Ed Cafferty signing off from the beautiful Champlain College campus in Burlington, Vermont. Have a mindful day. <laughs> <laughs>